Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Generation C podcast. In this week's episode, we will be discussing the issue of imposter syndrome and how it not only affects students, but people at all stages of life. To put it simply, imposter syndrome is the experience of feeling like a phony. You feel as though at any moment you're going to be found out as a fraud, like you don't belong where you are and you only got there through dumb luck. According to studies, women, especially those of colour, are more likely to suffer from imposter syndrome, as well as first-generation university students and those studying science, technology, engineering and maths, or STEM subjects. The whole idea behind imposter syndrome is that you feel like you're alone in your struggle, but we want to highlight that the majority of people will feel it at some stage in their lives and to varying degrees. We also wanted to get our listeners' opinions on imposter syndrome, so we ran a couple of polls on our Instagram page, which is at Generation C Podcast, if you want to get involved in future polls. And from these, we found that 89% of respondents knew what imposter syndrome was, with 81% stating that they had experienced imposter syndrome at some point in their lives. So I guess we'll kick this off by talking about when we experienced imposter syndrome. Um, Marnley, I don't know if you want to start us off with any experiences you might have had? Yeah I think what's kind of a misconception about it is that you can only experience it in like your work life and kind of like education um I don't know if you've ever I mean we can talk about that I feel like that's the most obvious one but there are other branches of it I don't know if you want to yeah sure we can start off I guess by talking about imposter syndrome in friendships maybe um because I think this is some one that's not quite as obvious as other forms of imposter syndrome and I don't know about you but I've found that especially growing up and being a teenager going through secondary primary and secondary school and just finding out more about yourself and learning about where you fit in I found that you can sometimes get imposter syndrome in friendship groups and feel like you maybe don't belong in the group of friends that you're in or feel a bit left out um that you can't be yourself with the friends that you're with and especially in a school environment where you're constantly seeing the same people it's not quite like university where you can see pretty much whoever you want and if you really put your mind to it you can see a new group of people every single week but I found that school um, a lot of people have had experiences where it's been really hard fitting into friendship groups and just feeling like they want to be closer to specific people and they'll go out of their way to do that um I don't know if you've experienced that yourself or heard of anyone else who's experienced that. Yeah, I I think what what you're kind of touching on there is the fact that school is so cliquey because in school, for example, you'll have like the clever people, you'll have the the sporty people, you'll have, um, I don't know, the popular crowd. Like there are so many different groups and you might not fit into like every single one perfectly. And that feeling of being the imposter or feeling like you don't really fit in is so, I feel like everyone feels at some point to some degree because no one group, especially at school where your like options, I guess, are so limited is gonna fit you perfectly and that's what's so nice about university is that you make your own groups they're not kind of preformed in this like mechanical way that school is um for some reason because I mean I, I mean I don't know about you but I feel like every single school has you know like the popular crowd um the sporty ones who don't really the ones who stay in the library um and it's just weird because I, I just don't see that at all at university yeah I completely agree with you I found that my school wasn't really cliquey in the way that 
we because it was such a small school um there were only in sixth form there were only about 60 of us um so it everyone knew each other and everyone was still sort of one group but everyone did have their own groups but they, they just weren't really defined by specific things like who does sports or whatever people did tend to gravitate towards other people that would similar interests to them but even with that lack of cliqueiness in some ways you still feel imposter syndrome because you still feel like some groups are more formed than yours is or than like you don't feel really in with their crowd and I don't know if you've seen um memes on Instagram about like groups of three can never work or odd numbers and stuff like that because when you go to Thought Park or anything one person's always going to be left out and I think that's very much a thing in school but when you get to university as you said it doesn't feel like that at all like you can be in a group of three and it doesn't like it doesn't feel like anything um and I'm sure that's different depending on the person and if you are still experiencing it at university I would definitely just say that especially if you're in first year you have so much time to meet so many new people and I've heard stories of people who didn't meet their closest friends from university until end of second year even so it's one of those things that at the time it seems quite awful and um, not great but time heals most things I would say. Yeah I think that's a really good place to um, to kind of leave off that 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 element of uh, imposter syndrome because yeah fr- friendships are like our personal lives aren't they but um we, we'd normally kind of associate imposter syndrome with our work lives um so I guess we can sort of talk about that now um I would say that this is the more obvious one as I've mentioned um like especially when you're kind of a high achiever and I've seen a lot of things I've read quite a bit on um imposter syndrome and it's always kind of high achievers or people who have kind of perfectionist tendencies who tend to um kind of feel imposter syndrome because even when you're doing your best it never feels like it's good enough and especially when you get maybe selected for a sports team or selected for um an academic um I don't know award or um you're in top set or whatever it may be you're always going to feel like you're not doing the best that you can be and and that's really hard to grapple with and and, and people all the time have to deal with this and I think a lot of the time because as you mentioned at the beginning um, I think it was women especially those of colour people who aren't um, I want to say in inverted commas like meant to be in those positions um, so say for example positions of leadership um, often feel like it's luck that brings them into those roles where it's not a lot of the time it's just hard work and skill but by the very nature of not being the stereotypical candidate, they feel this imposter syndrome. And it's really sad because it inhibits your ability to make good decisions, make fast decisions um, and and tackle things in in an effective way. Yeah, definitely. I've heard so many stories about people um, who are doing really well, women of color, just women in general, people from underrepresented groups who are in positions of power and their struggles getting to that stage and I would definitely say that the future is looking quite bright in terms of things like that because it's becoming much more of a focus for especially well I can speak from my experience of corporate um, businesses like law firms and finance firms they really do try and focus on bringing underrepresented groups to the top um, as everyone deserves a position at the top 
and it should just be given to the best candidates rather than anything else so they're really striving to do that and to have that diversity um so hopefully that should help the issue of imposter syndrome in the workplace but um i don't know if you want to talk a bit about education and maybe cambridge in general yeah i think a lot of the time i don't know about you but i definitely felt just like I wouldn't say it was crippling, but I know that most people, when they come to university, especially um, top universities in the country, they do feel imposter syndrome. And it's kind of hard to not because you're in such a an institutionalized place um, and so many amazing people have come before you. Um, and sometimes it just feels like, because obviously we're all human, but you know, when you hear about, I don't know, Albert Einstein or whoever it is, Newton, um, who went to the university that you did, it does just feel slightly insane because you didn't know them as a living, breathing, laughing, talking person. You knew them as, oh, you're, you're this guy in my textbook and you have all this power and you know about all of these things. Whereas, you know, you, you never know, that could be you in the future. And that that's what's, what's so, funny and that's what kind of gets me through imposter syndrome is kind of knowing that anyone who came before me probably felt the same as I do um in the sense that it's always going to feel daunting if you're in a high intensity environment and if you're in a high performing environment where everyone is um doing their best and trying to do their best I don't know did you ever feel because I only felt it a little bit right at the beginning of term and then I kind of worked through it and I'm still you know sometimes it creeps in but it, it is hard to to think about did you ever feel that um do you know what at first coming to Cambridge a lot of people did speak about imposter syndrome and I had it in my head like oh am I gonna feel like this like before I came to Cambridge I was never thinking oh I don't I don't deserve my place or anything like that it just wasn't really something in my mind which again is everyone's so different and everyone reacts to things differently I just it wasn't one of my focuses at the time and when I arrived everyone was talking about it and I wouldn't say that there were times that I experienced it as per se I I don't know I think it's just my mindset in general I tend to have the mindset of I I'm completely my own person and I don't really compare myself to other people at all and I'm quite happy with how I am and how I'm doing but I guess there are I experience it in different ways I would say it's not really through education and work it's more through the personal side like other people and friendships um, especially in the past maybe not so much in the present because of the changes to the way that people live at university but um yeah I feel like there are so many we've discussed two ways here but there are so many different types of imposter syndrome that you can experience and it's just one of those things that you just you can't really put it in one box and say this is what imposter syndrome is because everyone has different experiences of it I think when I like first came to uni I think a lot of the the imposter syndrome that I had was mainly because I don't know when when I got pulled and like that's a big thing as well I feel like when you get pulled it's kind of I don't know why it sometimes feels like a dirty word to say that you got pulled and like people do I don't know if they do look down on it but there is a sort of at the beginning in freshers everyone's like oh where do you go and then you know you say your college and they're like oh did you get pulled there and it's like yeah and what <laughs> I'm still here we're gonna get the same degree relax <laughs> like I'm probably gonna do better than you because I don't have that stinking attitude <laughs> <laughs> like, so, I completely agree I've had people come up to me even up to like very recently and they'll say which college are you at and I'll say Medwards and they'll say oh did you did you choose to apply there 
that's the first thing that comes out of their mouth and it's just like oh and I've I found myself last time getting into the habit of saying instantly Medwards but I didn't pick that like because of the way that people react I just try and mitigate and just get it out of the way as soon as possible but I don't think that's right because personally I didn't have a problem with being pulled to Medwards and it didn't make me feel any less worthy of my place so I just I don't want other people to make me feel like I should be upset about being at Medwards because if it was just down to me I wouldn't be upset so um, one of those things that it takes time to get over but it's it's really you need to get over it personally rather than expecting other people because if you get here you're not gonna have people um, helping that situation literally and when people kind of insinuate that to me now I'm like such a defender of Medwards and our college I'm like what (laughs) what do you have to say about it like it's actually one of the nicest places I think in terms of environment um we could be at um obviously we haven't experienced others but from what I hear um it's very toxic sometimes it can be um especially academically at other um colleges so in that sense I think I would actually argue that the like community and the kind of relaxed atmosphere in terms of academia we have at Medwoods obviously it's still Cambridge like they're still wanting us to to succeed but um it's not as stressful as other colleges so I have um supervisions um like I have some teaching at St John's which is one of the much more kind of um rich um institutionalized colleges and I just see the complete difference in attitude and like um behavior towards academia like with my peers um they're just so much more stressed and that to me has lessened my imposter syndrome in Murray Edwards because everyone is kind of chilled in that sense yeah definitely and kind of on the topic of um imposter syndrome at in education in general um this kind of goes back to the polls that we did on our Instagram and we asked people for their own experiences of imposter syndrome and one of the respondents spoke about um her experience with ADHD and how that's made her feel like she is lazy perhaps and that she's not doing as well she should be that she's not as focused and it's also affected her motivation meaning that although she's getting good grades and she's constantly reassured by academic peers and just people around her she still feels imposter syndrome because of the mental the mental effect that ADHD is having on her and I would say that that's just really important to keep in mind that for some people and for most people actually you know that the imposter syndrome is not justified and that it's not true but you still can't help feeling the way that you do and when we were looking into it we saw that um, most people who suffer from imposter syndrome are people who are high achievers and who have high standards and want to always do the best and be perfect in everything which is obviously highly unachievable and it just doesn't really help the whole idea of imposter syndrome yeah. um but yeah I don't know if you want to talk about the other results of the poll that we yeah. so some people even feel it in sports teams you know when they get chosen for um a high high achieving would you say sports team um they feel like maybe they're not good enough or maybe they just got chosen you know you know there's that whole thing of like being the bench warmer no one wants to be the bench warmer but at the end of the day you're still in the team um and you still made the team so 
that's another thing. Um, and then I was speaking to my my friend who who does um, a STEM subject. She's um, obviously a woman, and um, she was talking about how even though she doesn't personally feel imposter syndrome with being a woman in her course in her STEM subject, um, she does acknowledge how many men are around her and how the course itself is designed. Um, for met with men in mind um and there, there, she gave me loads of different examples about this i think she, so she studies engineering um and she was just saying how whilst it might not be imposter syndrome it's very very noticeable um when she's not kind of been taken into account if that makes sense um in terms of the course um and i guess what what we're trying to to, to aim towards in this conversation is how we actually tackle these feelings so we've talked about kind of um, not comparing ourselves to other people but I think one of the main things is and I think something to kind of practice is to reflect on your accomplishments because a lot of the time we focus on the negative and focus on things that we can do better and we don't talk enough about what we're good at and that's quite a British thing I think as well um, is to just kind of be self-deprecating and blah 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 like not talk about what you're actually good at and what your strengths are but I feel like that's something we need to get into the habit of even if it's just a personal kind of reflection yeah of course I think that having a journal and especially when you have these overwhelming imposter syndrome feelings to just write down what you have actually achieved is quite grounding and it does make you think and realize that you have done a lot and that you are you belong where you are and you only got to where you are because of your own hard work and something that I've mentioned a lot and something that's helped me has been changing mindset um, because at the end of the day imposter syndrome is all in our heads and I will speak for myself but I'm sure for many other people I don't look at anyone else around me whether that be in school work or anywhere and think that they don't deserve to be where they are at all um, and that just goes to show that it is all in our heads and it's probably just you thinking that you don't belong there not anybody else so just changing your mindset is really helpful um and talking to other people about it talking to your friends about it because I'm sure that your friends are probably going through the same thing especially I found that at university everyone at some point does feel some form of imposter syndrome so just knowing that other people are in the same boat as you as you said is just um quite a nice feeling I guess to know that it's your feelings aren't um whilst they're irrational they're not abnormal and um yeah they're not inadequate as well like you need to kind of acknowledge them and then be able to move on from them and I think with friends like talking about it is the best thing because a lot of imposter syndrome comes from isolation and thinking these things and them kind of like going around in your head um and not being able to kind of talk them through and realize you know no you've, you've put in the shift you've been working for however many months that's why you got your grade not because some you know stroke of luck so um I think that's a good place to wrap it up um I think we've kind of talked about the ways that we can tackle these feelings of imposter syndrome and um, hopefully we've given some solace or um, to, to those who are experiencing it and it does get better. Um, I can say that because I don't particularly feel it at the moment. Um, so uh, thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Generation C podcast. We hope this has been helpful uh, in reminding you that you're not alone with your imposter syndrome and that um, there are ways to tackle 
tackle it. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Generation C Podcast for more updates and behind the scenes content from us. Uh, we will see you in a week. <laughs>